Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, a podcast that explores the effects of live music on our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for you, our listener, to learn more about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. My name is Dr. Leah Taylor and I am joined here with my fabulous co-host, Tara Lee Weathers. Hey, that's me. Hi, Tara Lee. It's so nice to see you again. (laughs) I know. It's so nice to see you too. This is one of the reasons I'm grateful for technology because we can be on completely opposite sides of the country and yet still connect in this beautiful way. And I also feel so connected to all of our listeners and all the people out there in the same way. So technology can be really great. Yeah, it can. And that connection is something that we're going to talk about in this podcast. But before we get to that and who our guest is this time, I just want to ask you, what would you like to let listeners know that you have going on right now? Yes. So if you are listening and you are a multi-passionate person that has like a ton of gifts and talents, and you're having a really hard time figuring out how all of those things can be a part of something that makes you money. So you can just like feel free to be you and do all the things that you love to do. I have an amazing new offering called The Rocking Life Entrepreneur that gives you all of the things you need to do to kind of get focused and create a beautiful, amazing offering using all your gifts. And so if that sounds like something that is interesting to you, I would love to talk to you and connect with you. So reach out to me on Instagram at Rocking Life with two underscores after. Or you could also check out on the website if you go to rockinglife.com slash entrepreneur. All of the details of the program are laid out there. But if you have, this is for people that currently have a business, have an idea for a business or are working for someone else and is just like, I want to do something else. Like, let's talk about the possibilities of what that could look like. Because Owning a business is crazy, but it's like the best kind of crazy. And I would love to support you on that journey. So Leah, what do you have in store? Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And I do just want to say that you are amazing at that. And you have you supported me a few years ago in that too. So I'm really grateful for that. Mm -hmm. It was such a Um, pleasure to get to do that. And I'm really excited for you to tell them what you're up to because it's so cool. (laughs) So right now, I am still working with the Shine Collective members, which is really an online membership for live music fans who want to prioritize their health and wellness and still do it in a fun and authentic way. And I'm going to be opening up doors again in April, April 22nd. And if you would like to be the first to hear about that, then you can sign up for the wait list and you can actually find that at drleahtaylor.com. That is the website. <laughs> the full website is not ready yet, but that page is ready and waiting yes. to sign up for the wait list. So the full website should be coming in the next month or so. And I'm really excited about that. But for now, there's the Shine Collective wait list. And then also I am doing Embodied Groove online right now every other Saturday. So we just did it last Saturday, which means the next time is going to be Saturday, the February 13th. And then we'll go on an every other Saturday, uh, which will be at 1030 a.m. Pacific time. You can find it through my Embodied Groove page on Facebook, which Embodied Groove right now is really functioning as a way for people to connect to those live music movement feels that you feel at a show uh, while you're dancing in your living room. 
So it's a lightly led movement class designed to really connect you with the freedom and the joy and the self-expression that you might experience moving to live music. And I love helping people to have that experience during this time. So check that out if you want some more movement in your life or you love moving to live music and you're missing it right now. So you can also find me at embodiedgroove.com. You can find me on Facebook at Dr. Leah Taylor and also Instagram at both of those places too, Dr. Leah Taylor and Embodied Groove. Yes, everyone check her out. Check out all the things. It's like you're doing such powerful work in this world and like we don't have live music right now. And so you are like bringing that into people's living rooms and it's, it's really beautiful. And your collective, like definitely get on the wait list to find out what that's about everyone. Yeah. Thanks, Charlie. Well, I am so excited to bring our guest to you guys this week. Our guest this week is one of my favorite people in the whole world. It is Dan Lebo Lebowitz. And he is a member of ALO, or Animal Liberation Orchestra, if you began listening to them a while ago. They're really just going by ALO now. But he also, he does so many things around the Bay Area, too. And he talks a little bit about that in the interview. He's done the Surrealistic Summer Solstice, where he was musical director for like 45 other musicians. And to watch him up on stage directing all of those musicians and the way that he does is just such a fabulous experience. I've been there live. I've seen it webcasted. He also, he's done some other musical directing around the Bay Area. He plays with lots of different people. He's always out playing music. And well, when we can, (laughs) when he can play music. But it was such a pleasure to sit down with him and just really get deep with music. Yeah, we really talked about so many things. And like, the more I talk to him, the more I like him. And I'm looking forward to everyone getting to know him a little bit better, too. And it seems like you know how when there's like an athlete, like Michael Phelps, he's like boring to swim, like he has the arms, the body, like everything about him, he has the motivation and the drive to like, be a swimmer and be the best swimmer in the world. I feel like Lebo, like he was born to be a music maker and he has all the skills and things within him and then has like we talk about this in the interview but also like the drive to be disciplined as well. Yes, and there is a special formula that you guys will learn in the interview that makes for some magic and I hope that you will if you have seen Libo live or ALO you'll be able to say, "Wow, yeah, that is exactly what's happening and and I'm experiencing that too." Yeah. And actually, we'll give you the what the formula creates, which is flow, which really was kind of our theme for this interview, and as well as the relational aspect of live music. Because as an ALO fan, and for any other ALO fans that might be listening to this, this podcast episode is coming out in the middle of February, which is typically Tour de Amour time for ALO. So they've been doing it for a long time. And usually they travel up and down California, even into Oregon and Washington. And so all of us ALO fans have like our special time that we get to gather and come together. And that's right around this time. And there is just so much love that is experienced. And then part of the proceeds always goes to like music in schools or some kind of really cool organization that's helping to support young musicians. So it's giving back as well. And so 
as an ALO fan and it's such a special fan base, I really wanted to talk about like there is a relational aspect of live music. And since I obviously have had the experience of seeing Lebo live many, many times, then, you know, I felt like he would be a good one to really dive into that experience with. So we talked yeah, and dive that. in. He did. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was such an interesting yeah. conversation. And I'm looking forward to personally listening to this podcast over and over again, because there are so many like golden nuggets of wisdom that happened within. And when hopefully next year, there is not a pandemic still happening. And I want to fly out to the West Coast and go on toward tour. How do you say it? Tour de more? <laughs> How do you say Tour de Amour. Tour de Amour. Tour de Amour. Tour de Amour. And I just made it Italian, I think. <laughs> and <laughs> and experience it for myself because it sounds like such a magical time. We would love that so much. We'll welcome you in with open arms and you can experience all the magic and the love that's happening. But for now, we have Lebo here with us. We do. And we are part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and we'll be right back with Lebo. All right. And we are back here with Lebo. Lebo, thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited to be here with you and, of course, Tara Lee to have this conversation. I just adore you and your wife, Jenna, who we've had on our podcast already. And so it's just super special to be here with you and to be talking about like the relational aspects of live music and how healing that whole shared experience is. So welcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for having me. So great to be here. I've been uh, keeping an eye on your podcast here. So it's great to great to be on it. Yeah. We're happy to have you. And to get us started, I thought maybe I could bring in something that actually you shared when you were meeting with Tara Lee and Reed and their What the F is Happening that they were mm -hmm. doing for a long time. And you may or may not remember what you were talking about, but actually we had just done a gig. This was kind of in the beginning of quarantine. Mm -hmm. And it was the one that was outside and there were a lot of couches. <laughs> yes. Yes, I remember it well. <laughs> yeah. And you made mention of um, some things that you noticed that you weren't, maybe didn't necessarily know were so important. So I'm just going to read what you said. Yeah. And I'd love see, to see We'll see if I still, yeah, if I still feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please let us know. So this is what you said then. It wasn't quite the same as having a big crowd of people dancing right in front of you, but it was so beautiful to be able to look up and to make eye contact with people. I think I've always known that that was important. Clearly, we have always known that was important, but I haven't realized it to the extent. When we've just been streaming and staring at the back of a device or something, you know what I mean? It's so much easier, I'll say. I'm assuming you're saying you're talking about playing for people because you yes, go on definitely. to say, definitely. because with streaming, it has to come from you. From when it starts, the whole energetic flow is from you coming out. There's nothing really coming in. Of course, musically, there's a lot coming in, but certainly we don't get that eye contact coming in. Like when you hit a note and you see someone's corner of their mouth just twitch in the slightest way. There's so much communication in that that I never realize. I never realize those subtleties. Yeah, I 100% feel that way. And having done a, a bunch of other gigs since then, you know, because I think that was like one of the first ones I did, you know, during this whole time. and. 
Yeah, I've done a. I mean, now again, there's been a big slowdown again, of course, with everything shutting down. But um, but for a while there in the middle, there was a lot of stuff happening. Actually, they were all like small shows, and I was totally reminded of that all the time. Like, yeah, even these like small crowds, they're like really intimate crowds. You know, it's not like a big crowd of people or anything, but you get so much from just the littlest bit, littlest bit of like human contact and visual contact. I will say the mask thing is interesting because I'm like such a supporter of masks and I believe in them for obvious reasons. But that's a whole other thing too for music, you know, because I realize beyond just the eye contact, kind of what I talked about in that when you were quoting me, the little twitch of the corner of the mouth, like I, I miss some of that stuff. So you know, I'm I'm down for the cause, so so I'm all about the masks, but I also can't wait till we can get past that too, so that we can. I m- I miss people's smiles. That's one thing I have noticed a little bit at gigs. I sort of and 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 it's funny because I feel a little self conscious about even saying that because I feel like the whole thing with masks is so political anyhow in in our society right now. And again, I'm super pro mask, but I, but I I think it's also important to acknowledge like like any something you're losing too you know what i mean so so that's like i can't wait to see people's smiles again i love seeing smiles that's like i love it love it seeing two right now (laughs) i know when you were talking about it i was just like looking at you two and us you're both smiling so big at the same time (laughs) and i got something from that so i totally understand what you're saying totally yeah, it's it's big and and but but uh, the flip side of that is I never realized how much the smile was in the eyes hmm. until I started seeing people in masks all the time. So I'm thank- thankful that eyes are involved in smiling. And isn't that the thing? Like when someone's like smile, we're taking a picture, and someone goes, "It's like it's not a real smile because the eyes aren't in it." Yeah, you, you know? can tell when people are faking. Yeah, totally. And I do appreciate you saying that, and actually. You know, and even bringing up like how you feel a little like self-conscious about that because it's actually funny in the episode with Jenna, I mentioned the kind of the the challenge with the masks, too, and the experience of live music. Mm -hmm. And I felt the same way. I was like, you know, of course I am pro mask and I want to do things to keep people safe. But like, I do feel it's important to just mention that, like, because for me, I felt like it was like. It's a barrier of connection, you know, like we mm-hmm. as human beings, I mean, we're taught that's that's ingrained in us. Like when we're babies, we look for facial expressions like totally. that's how we know that we're safe, who we can mm-hmm. trust. And yeah. when we don't have that, it's like that it's it creates a barrier. Yeah. And, you know, and and in the live music experience, which really is such an intimate experience. And this is another piece that I wanted to bring in because. I've reflected on this a lot and I feel like it's it is such an intimate experience but it's also like a non-threatening intimate experience mm-hmm. because you are connecting with people whether it's the person that you're dancing beside or just experiencing music beside or for you guys you know performing together or with the audience like there is that intimacy I mean you are experiencing something that's making you feel all of these emotions, whether it's love or joy or pleasure, like you're doing it surrounded by other people, but there you're also not touching the other people, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel mm-hmm. like it can be such a healing and therapeutic experience because there's not like the messiness of a relationship or like the the things like that, but you can have these regenerative experiences around people. 
Yeah. Sometimes I think too, it's almost, it's like, it's like a carrier, like music is like, a, it's like a pathway for you, for one, one, not you, like any of us, for, for an individual to like work things out. Like almost the idea of like, like two people can hear the same thing and like both have a really meaningful experience and it'd be a very different experience at the same time, you know, like, and, and I think that's an interesting thing about live music because <laughs> yeah, in, a, in live music, it is interesting because you're doing that together, but you're also doing it alone in a way too. Like it's, it's, it's in your head and in your body, but it's like you're doing it parallel to other people doing it at the same time, which is not to go off on a tangent, but I was just thinking about this this morning, actually, like how I really like uh, radio. It's one of the uh, modes of music listening I like. And I've realized that part of what I like about it is that other people are hearing the same thing at the same time. And I'm not with them, but the whole on-demand thing where I can, and I do plenty of that, trust me. I have a lot of time on on uh, Spotify and YouTube and everything. But I, I just like that about radio when I'm doing something and it's on, knowing that those same, you know, sound waves are hitting other people's ears too at the same time. It's it's connecting in a weird, really weird way because, especially because I listen to a lot of like XM radio, so there's someone in New York who's listening to, I don't know that person, you know, but, but it's interesting that we're like sharing an experience together, even from afar. Yeah. And that's like streaming now too, with all the streams, it's mm-hmm. like we're listening at the same time as yeah. each other. And, and what you were saying with the, like, how you have this like healing experience or transformative experience. A lot of the fans are like getting that from a musician. And so like, I know I feel like so many musicians that I like know them because they have such, they had such a big impact on my life, but like they don't even know Mm -hmm. me at all. I think that's so interesting. Yeah, totally. I totally think about that sometimes like musicians who I'm listening to, who I get so into who've been, you know, gone from this planet for longer than I've been alive. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, wow, I've I've totally like done this communication. (laughs) At least they've really communicated to me and imparted all this wisdom and all this amazing stuff. And we weren't even walking the planet at the same time. What a trip, you know? Yeah. I guess that's the connective part of music and, and going back to your guys thing of live music too. It's like, that's, that's why that's so kind of potent because you're like in a space together doing that together. That's like, there's nothing can replace that. But there's all these great ways to to still experience music and experience being connected and all that. But but yeah, there's nothing like being in a room together. I can't wait to do more. Of that. Yeah, <laughs> like that. I, it's also like that. what you said. How like I I also really believe in masks and that we need to social distance and that like we mm-hmm. can't be together sweaty and like hugging each other at live music shows right now, and that it's okay to like admit that that. That is something I'm like super sad about and I and I really miss it, even mm-hmm. though I know that's the right thing to do and that we have to do that. Yeah. But I'm also like, it's like, Ugh. yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge it because I was like kind of just going back. I was feeling that same way and I was I was I was hesitant to even speak to anyone about that for a while, almost except like people I knew just crazy, super well. And, and then it felt it felt good to just because I think we're all experiencing that and it's good. It's good to acknowledge that stuff, you know, even you can love something or be in support of something and still like, you know, have some sacrifice with it. That's worth, worth taking note of. Yeah. And then it, it allows people to, that may be feeling that way and nobody else is expressing it. And they're like, am mm-hmm. I the only one that feels this way? Yeah. You know? Well, it's in our climate right now, everything's so politicized and everything. It's like, and and we all care about our, our sort of our beliefs and where we land on the spectrum of that. And so, you know, we're 
yeah, we care about it and and we kind of care, I guess, about how we're perceived too. So, mm-hmm. and that's good. That's all good stuff. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, you know, there's balance, I guess, in there too. A lot of balance. And that goes back to like kind of a, an ingrained part of us too of like, you know, wanting to be accepted by mm-hmm. by the whole and not ostracized. And Yeah. So... And music's a big part of that too, like like our, identi- our identities. I mean, I know all three of us, and probably everyone who's listening to this right now is a, is a music lover. So a lot of your identity comes from music too. You know, like what you how you identify and where you fit in in the world. I know music for me was like I felt like it saved me. You know, when I was like in seventh grade, trying to figure out like who and what I was. <laughs> it was like music like saved the day. Do <laughs> you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, totally. I mean, I I always loved music. I started playing guitar, you know, in fifth grade, but it didn't really necessarily stick for me right away. It was cool, but, you know, I was, it wasn't like super, you know, I did it a little, but I wasn't, I don't think I really identified with it yet. And then uh, around, you know, middle school, junior high, seventh grade, I think a lot of us uh, share that experience of like, that's a time in life where you, at least for me, and I think it's common for a lot of people, I suddenly was realizing like, how do I say it? Like when you're like a little kid, you're just an individual and that's all you can really understand. And and you know that other people are individuals too, but it's more like you know that by concept, not by experience. And and I think as we get older, especially around that age, around like seventh grade and eighth grade, you start realizing, oh, everyone's their own self. And like I was kind of just observing how people fit in and everything. And and for me, like I was like, you know, I was I was fine at school. I wasn't like super drawn to 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 that as something that I wanted to really, you know, that got me really excited and that I was excelling at. But I was good. I got good grades or whatever. But, I, you know, and sports, kind of the same thing. I liked doing sports, but I wasn't like all drawn super far in. And then I found music and it was like for me, that was like something where I could like really just pour myself into it and never it never fatigued me. It just gave back. And it's still that it's been that way. Still, it was that way all morning today. <laughs> it's just like the more I give, the more it gives back. And it's such a great thing. I, I feel so lucky that I found it, really, because I don't know exactly how I did. You know? <laughs> like, what if I hadn't? Who knows? Maybe I would have found something else. I don't know. But but I really feel like for me, it's like it's been the thing that's just grounded me all throughout my life and been such a positive force and an identity too that's the other thing kind of when I was saying like fitting in like those other things were cool but but when I found music suddenly I was like oh that's something like I can get good at and I'm excited like I'm saying like I was saying I'm excited to put that time in because it's not like it's not how do I say it's not like an expense to me you know (laughs) it's like I mean I give it the time but it just gives it back tenfold hundredfold is the kind like the music that you were listening to is that kind of like a timeline of your life like when you're thinking about oh when I was going through this like this is what I was listening to when I was like playing this sport or whatever this is what I listen to every day or when I do you have that I was just thinking about that like yesterday actually or the day before sometime in the last few days I was thinking about that how like how you know like people talk about scent memory you know like for me I have a thing with with jasmine flowers like I, I, there was some like <laughs> under my window when I was a little kid, I lived in Berkeley and there was like these jasmine bushes and I just have these, whenever I smell that smell, I'm taken to this, 
I'm taken right to this place of lying on my bed in a, on a sunny afternoon with the window open. And just whatever, that moment was a very relaxed, like, great moment. I wasn't doing anything in particular at all. I was four years old. But, like, that smell just takes me to that feeling in my body. And, and so, so subsequently, I planted all this jasmine in my, in my backyard. <laughs> and it's great. Like, whenever I smell the smell, it's such a positive thing. But I, so I've always been kind of aware of that scent memory. But I think power of music is a big part of music and, and people's love of bands is that very thing too because it's like your t- different times in your life are like associated with it and it can bring up like it can bring all these powerful feelings and emotions like excitement and and even especially i think even in a weird way some of it's stuff that you know as I, i'm no like expert on like brain development but i know that there's times in your life especially when you're younger where your brain is really rapid fire developing and there's I know that developmentally you change over time. And sometimes I think there's things we've left behind by the time we become full on adults that we actually can't necessarily just on demand go into. But something like music, where that has an association with a time in your life when you did have a certain type of feeling, it can totally unlock that spot in your brain. And I love that about music. So that's one of the reasons I like all kinds of music, I think. Because from different times in my life, different associations, different groups of friends, different places I've lived, all those things, like, music can just, like, take me to those places. And again, not literally. I'm not like, oh, now I remember such and such. It's, it's more like a, an emotional memory. It's like, it's like a pathway. It's like a secret door to, to an emotional place. And fortunately for me, I, I don't know about for you all, but I, I can't really, I don't really have, like, negative musical associations with that. Because I know this is getting into that concept of just like experiential ways to get to your memories. And I know that, that some people can have like, you know, triggers of bad things. But all my all my musical sort of pathways that, I, that I'm aware of, at least, seem to be very positive. And some like amazingly. <laughs> I love that part. Yeah. Yeah. It's a- so I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of went off on a tangent. But yes, different kinds of music do that and take me to places like... Like recently when, when Eddie Van Halen passed away and I was, I listened to a bunch of Van Halen and I had a time in my life, you know, like in like that time in my life, you know, probably like eighth grade or somewhere around there where I was just starting to play guitar and listening to a lot of Van Halen. And yeah, like that music, it's funny, like it, it unlocks some weird, exciting, like youthful, young love, you know, like feelings. I don't know. I can't put it in words because it's, it's not. It's not possible to put it in words, but the music translates it perfectly. It's like a perfect translator for it. Yeah. I like, I remember tie dyeing in fifth grade in our courtyard and I made this red tie dye shirt and we were listening to Def Leppard. And I Mm -hmm. can like, whenever I hear Def Leppard, I'm like brought back to that, like carefree making tie dyes. It brings me like right back there. So I totally, I mean, they're different bands, but totally, well, completely, but no, but totally. I know what you mean. But totally. Yeah, and even stuff like 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 yeah, it doesn't even have to be like what you're listening to in a curtain time in your life. It's almost like music should be it's not should be, but it but it's I think it's totally okay for it to be like time specific in your life. Like like we're changing all the time. Our brains are changing. Like it'd almost be weird if we just like the same thing our whole life. That would be like that that would maybe indicate to me that you're not really changing, (laughs) that you're a little bit stuck maybe. (laughs) So so bring on different stuff. I think that's cool. Yeah. Although, you know, to kind of come back to what we were talking about in the beginning, like 
especially with live music, I feel like, you know, there are people that have their bands and then it's just like, Mm -hmm. that's it. And whether it's, you know, a 20 year kind of relationship that they have with the same band, you know, it's like they keep coming back and back to that. Um, Yeah. And I've noticed, especially during quarantine, where we haven't really been able to see as much live music. I mean, I feel extremely blessed for the amount of live music that I did get to see last year, Mm -hmm. whether it was before March or even after in in different ways. But but I've been connecting back to to the live music and I always like reach for the bands that that I've had, you know, in person, amazing, incredible healing experiences like for one. One of the shows, actually, ALO shows, was last February at in L.A., in West Hollywood. Troubadour? Yeah, the Troubadour. That, yeah. That second set is just like, I love it. And so yeah. whenever I, I, like, actually, even today, like I mentioned before, I've been dealing with, like, the full experience of humanness this week. And, like, sometimes I just need a dose of positivity in my life. So I, uh, mm-hmm. I'll put on that second set of that show and, like, it just... It helps me feel all better. Yeah, that's so awesome. And and what a good point too with with live music specifically. It's like it's especially a show you were at. Like mm-hmm. like talk about really bringing back bringing back like I hate to say memory because a memory sounds like something you've used already. Well, it's muscle <laughs> you know? memory. It's, yeah, but it's like I like I think it's it can really be something for the present, right? And maybe even that's what you're talking about. Like what like listening to that brings you to a place, you know that. It's not just a place of the past, but it brings you to the it brings you to the present mm-hmm. in a weird way, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I think about that too. I I don't know if 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 I talked to either you about like kind of like the language of music kind of stuff know. and like universal language and that type of thing. This is re- this is just reminding me yeah, of that well, a little either bit. Either way, I want you to tell me about it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, just like what we're talking about here of music, like communicating. You know how it can like communicate. And I, I, wa- I once heard this concept that I've really taken a hold of, and it's kind of just the idea that a, a lot of people refer to music as a, a universal language, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and I think that's a, a, a beautiful thing. But I also feel like, well, it's not that I also, I, I, I don't feel that music is a universal language at all. Like I don't, you know, because I feel like, like language is supposed to actually communicate specific things. And the idea of like, if I say this is red, like we both get that it's red. But what what I think is almost the most beautiful thing about music is that it's not a universal language. And this is what reminds me about what we were talking about a minute ago, just the idea that like uh, you can have your own experience with the same music. Like I say, this is a red wall right here and we all agree on that and we, it's a red wall. But like a song, you can... I. I could play a song right now and two people could hear it. One person could hear one thing from it and be totally moved. Another person could hear a totally different. One person could hear red and one person could hear green, but the song is the song. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's almost like what's so cool about music is that it's not universal at all. It's like everybody has their own experience with it. And that's, that's like, that's the power and that's the mystery of it. And the, you know, like G R E E N is green. We all know what that is, you know, but but music, you can't spell it. You can't, you know, you can't. Yeah. You can talk about it, but, you, you know, you can't pin it down. Well, and it all has a different vibration. So it's like, what, mm-hmm. vi- which of the vibrations, like, feel right to you? And so there's some music that really, like, speaks to people that doesn't speak to others because of the way that it's vibing. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know what I almost feel like is what's universal are the emotions. Cause like, cause like a metalhead and, and a bluegrass fan are probably getting the same emotion just through very different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like insane I mean, clown, it, clown posse and fish. Like you're, those fans yeah. are getting the same things. To, exactly. Yeah. It's like you're getting the same stuff, but it's like your, your language to get there is different. And then with music, it's so true because it's like so individualized because it's so abstract, but it really, it is a language, but, it, but it's, it's not universal. It's like, it's so, so ununiversal. You know? mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that about it. One time I was talking to someone about that and they thought I was being cynical because I said it w- wasn't universal. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's universal language of love. And, and I was like, yeah, we all love it, but it's, <laughs> we hear <laughs> I felt it bad for me. Yeah, which is cool. That's like what's cool. Otherwise, we'd all be into the same thing. Everyone would, mm-hmm. there'd be one song that everyone loved and one song everyone hated. Right. And that'd be it. <laughs> be like, yeah, it's so well, true. It's, it's even cool. with like workout songs. Like some people like, like raging songs or pop songs. I like listening to power ballads when I work out. And like, that's the vibe <laughs> that like gets me being yeah. like, woo, like running on the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then that, even that like, to that, to, right? totally speaks to that. And then even a step further is like, at different times, we feel differently too. Kind of what we were talking about a second ago of like different styles of music too. Cause like, I'll totally put on, you know, uh, like some, you know, I mean, whatever, I'll put on like like bebop and that that can take me somewhere that on another day wouldn't necessarily. And and but I would get there that same way through through some super jammed out hard rock. You know what I mean? It's like there's there's. Yeah, it's so cool. Like we're all changing and the music's different. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And luckily, there are so many different genres and, you know, music has been cre- been created for so long that there's a lot of different opportunities to connect in different ways yeah there's something for yeah and now yeah i mean now now the thing though it's so crazy like the flip side of that now is it can be confusing you know like i almost wonder if it's it's like an indication of society how like we're so we we don't have like a lot of as much shared things you know what i mean well like like if you started spotify in you know 1955 how many albums would there be in it like not that in the rock category, you'd have like 50 albums to choose from. Yeah. And it's like every day, like the pile of albums is just growing. Like today, I don't know how many just got released since we started talking right. today. You know what I mean? But nothing goes away either, you know? So it's like, it's like, wow, you can be like, there's so much to choose from now. We have like infinity to choose from. Well, not infinity, literally, but it feels like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe that's again why I like radio <laughs> and live music. There's probably not enough time left in any of our lifetimes to listen to like every song that ever existed. So it, it is no way. to us. Yeah, it is totally good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a kind of interesting thing. But I but we do sort of gravitate towards that's one of the ways maybe going back to what we were talking about like identity and everything we totally gravitate towards people who have similar musical tastes. That's like one of the ways we sort of identify and connect especially in the live music scene where it's all about being together. That's like huge. I mean, I have so much, so many of my friends, like most all my friends are in some way through music. Yeah, mine too. And it, it kind of goes along with like what Tara Lee was saying about the vibe that music goes off or gives off and, you know, our vibe and how we're attracted to that similar vibe. And actually Jenna said something, I can't remember her exact phrase, but like, uh, 
like a sparkle to a flame or a flicker to a flame mm-hmm. or something. You know, it's like it's like there's that flame and then there's that like the people who are attracted to that, you know, come around and then we all look around and it's like, oh, my gosh, you're, you're cool like I am and I love you mm-hmm. and you love this and love that. And it's like yeah. this whole big love fest. Yeah, totally. It's so it's so interesting, like so mysterious how all of this happens even, <laughs> you know, like. It's like sometimes I want to know and then sometimes I don't even want to know. I just want to, you know, I mean, just want to enjoy it because <laughs> it's real. It's super real. Yeah. I know. I feel the same way because, you know, like I love to research live music. And of course, I'll never like none of us will ever will never be able to say this is what's happening and this is why. Mm-hmm. And like that's a static thing. And, and you know, there is so much mystery to the whole experience or so much individual experience to it. But I think it's fun to talk about because it is such a nonverbal experience that we're having. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to like put language to it so that we can connect in our experience in a way that like satisfies that other part of our brain that, mm-hmm. you know, needs that language to kind of anchor it. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. then also to to put value on it because we do value what we can understand and mm-hmm. we understand things that we can explain. Yeah. That's well put. Yeah. I like that, <laughs> that a lot. I've thought a lot about yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah. To- I know. I've kind of, if I'm not playing music, I'm thinking about that. You just <laughs> like, what, what is it? Right. I mean, so many things. It's like so many things. Yeah. What's, um, what's, what do you think though? Like in terms of, well, I'm going to ask you guys a question yeah. now, but like, what, what have you felt like you've, you know, learned about live music since, since you haven't been able to be around it? Well, I guess I can start that. I mean, I've always known it's the thing that like filled my cup and gave me this like energy and motivation and excitement. Cause it's like my most favorite thing ever where I'm like, when I don't know, whenever I'm at a live music experience, I'm in the flow, I connect to something bigger than myself, I'm connected to all the people around me, like, everything just is like working out the way that it's supposed to, I like, I end up healing things, letting go of things, like bringing in things. And that happens at the live music experience. And then I remember it, and then I can bring it into my everyday life. And so now, without it, I'm like, really having to pull from my past experiences that I've had, and figuring out how to like, feel that way in my everyday, which is like, pretty much what my life's work has been about. And I'm like, okay, wow, this really works because there hasn't been live music for a long time and I'm still pretty happy. But it's mm-hmm. been a, like a conscious, intentional choice to like, when I go to shows, I'm going because it's like my medicine. And so now that my medicine is gone, I'm like consciously kind of going back and like feeling what it felt like because I can access it because I'm lucky enough to have ever experienced it. And then I can bring it into my day. But I've like, I've really noticed the absence of it and how I have to work much harder to like mm-hmm. have the magic of it in my day to day life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can totally relate to all of that. And I think for me to similar to what Tara Lee was just sharing, like it's such a transcendent experience. Like it just, it's different than everyday life. Mm-hmm. And when, when I'm experiencing, challenges in life or like just the mundaneness of life or all of the like details like I need that that transcendent explosive releasing connecting experience that live music brings and I miss that and and I also agree with Tara Lee like 
for me, it's been, okay, well, how can I find this in other ways? And, you know, and especially dance, like, because live music is where I, I dance and I let loose mm-hmm. and I, I release and I also recharge. So it's been important for me to know, know that I need to have that in my life because otherwise I will not feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also to be able to connect with the live music experiences that I have, because when I can put on that show, it brings me right back to all of the feelings. And I think that that's also so important, like, because mm-hmm. the feelings that I have in live music, there's, there's never, like, I'm sure I've had a show that was like, not that exciting, but I've never had a bad experience to where mm-hmm. it's kind of like you were saying with like, the memory, you know, it doesn't take mm-hmm. me to a bad place ever. Yeah. It only lifts me up. Right. And of course, I'm choosing what show I'm putting on too. So I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. the ones right. that are going to lift me up. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it just like boosts that energy in me, that positivity in me, that hope in me, all of that. Yeah. I appreciate hearing that because, you know, it's interesting over here. Like, I'm in my studio. If you could see the other side here, I'm kind of wired in, but... <laughs> I, I can't show you right now. <laughs> It'll pull all the wires out. <laughs> I'll have to try it later. But there's just like instruments everywhere, amplifiers everywhere, cables everywhere, pedals everywhere. It's like, and there's been like, I haven't had any like absence of music during this time. Mm. I haven't had any absence of playing music. In some ways, I may be playing more, I'm realizing, because I'm not, I'm not like going to airports and sitting in airports and, you know, sitting in vans and buses and whatnot i like get up and i you know besides like you know well there's things all we have to do but just point being i'm getting like a lot of time to play and i'm really sort of uh cherishing that right now it's been that part's been really cool but but the other stuff you guys were all talking about of of the audience is the connection part like that's the part of course that i totally miss and kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning i've been been Maybe how in the beginning we were just talking about like the twitch of an eye or things like that. But really, it's just really being reminded about that human connection part of it. And for me, playing with other people, I'm playing tons, but it's all it's all like alone, you know. The other thing with that, though, that's interesting is it's been a this really cool opportunity. I've, I, like, I feel like I've been lucky to have been really busy with music all these past years. Like I've had lots of opportunities for gigs, you know, with ALO, but also just all the other things I do. And and as an improviser, I feel like one of the big things you do is you, you're relying on your, you know, your intuition, you know, in a moment. And I love, I'm, I'm a musician that loves to practice too, which is part of what's been cool about this time. Like just having like more time than ever to do that. And Part of what I feel like practicing is as an improviser is that you are sort of trying to train your intuition. You're trying to bend your intuition to like what you where you think you want it, you would like it to be. But in the end of the day, when you go to play, you just have to be intuitive. And what I've noticed over time when I because I like I said, I practice all, all the time and I always have like when I have gigs all the time, I sort of can erase what I'm working on. Because I, it's important for me in a gig situation or when I'm playing with people to be intuitive, I have to go to intuition. And sometimes that's uh, actually reinforcing things that I'm trying to break out of. And this has been a really neat time to just have all this time to not really be interrupted, <laughs> you know, in a way with that. So I'm like so excited to get back to like playing and gigging all the time. But I'm I'm just I'm I'm appreciating this time, too, as it's been a chance to really like 
And I'm sure you could like spin that out as a metaphor to so many things in life. I think that anyone who's having positive experiences during this time, it's probably in some way related to that same type of, of thing, like the space that's being created to, to sort of redefine and do new things. But I've, I've no, I've totally been noticing in my playing, I feel like I'm getting into all this stuff that's been a little bit elusive to me over the years. And like a lot of things I've heard in my head, but I haven't really known how to get them out. And, and I would work on them. But like I said, a lot of times the sort of work I would do would get erased a lot of times by just being an intuitive mind. So I'm enjoying that. I think I'm like, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, a, I'll be, uh, how do I say it? I'm, I'm ready to hit the ground as soon as we get to start doing this stuff again. I'm, I'm ready. No lost time. Yeah. Here. You're going to be back <laughs> and even better than before. That's what I'm saying. No wasted time. I'm, I'm excited. I'm raring to yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a question Put about me back. the live experience because you mentioned the like, mm-hmm corner of the lip or the eyes can you also feel it so besides that you can see it like if you were just to close your eyes could you feel the energy of the audience as well absolutely i totally think so and 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 that's another one of those like mystical things right because like there's obviously a physical element of just like body heat and you know things like that but i really feel like i also feel the non-physical part which is the like yeah, when someone has an epiphany in their head, you know, because the music or something like whoosh, that fires out, you know, you feel it when you get excited, when you're inspired, right? It's almost like that, right? Like, like that's the the common thing. Going not to go back, but like when we were talking about the the universal feelings, like I, I almost feel like it's all about just being inspired, right? Like we're all just want to be inspired. That's like the great state to be in. And I feel like I totally feel like I can feel that when the crowd's like feeling that, and a lot of times like. You feel it actually when you're lost in the music and then you'll like look out and it's so re- you'll be reaffirmed of that feeling by some sort of visual like a twitch of the lips or the eyes or turn of the head or you know what I mean? Like all that stuff is almost it's almost like that's the affirmation. That's not even the thing, right? That's the affirmation of the thing. Yeah, that's cool. I like that thought. There is this thing that also kind of leads in again with the intuition thing to something Leah, you kind of brought up in the very beginning, but this kind of idea that I've been really into over the years of sort of preparation in a way. And how do I say it? Like, it's like preparation, but it's also, well, it just, just this kind of idea that I, I really like with, with how I approach music. And that is that again, since I'm someone who likes to like practice and get lost in that whole experience of working on things, I, I love the, the discipline side of things. And I, I really like, I love spending a lot of time in that zone. But as soon as I get to the time for a gig or a recording or whatever it is, the the moment of performance, if you will, I put that in quotes because <laughs> <laughs> it's not really that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, then when you cross that threshold, I think that it like, it, that that's, that's the point where you have to surrender and all your discipline, all your stuff you worked on, then you surrender to like... And that's how you get this into the space of like a good flow. That's like where flow lives to me is like, and, and we talked about this cause it was, a, it was a t-shirt that I was at, at a, at a, a festival. Actually, I was at a music thing and I looked out and I just saw this, this guy in the front row wearing a shirt. And it said that it was like a circle. It was a Venn diagram and it was like discipline, surrender. And there was like flow was in the middle and I just, I didn't even see his face. I looked at it and I was like, oh my God. 
that's like exactly what how I've thought all these years. Like that just distilled it into the most like I, I never could have distilled it into that simple of a thing. I would have like elaborated endlessly on all the different <laughs> three elements that we're talking about. But I was like, that's all, that's actually all it is. It's just those three things, you know, like and, and then that's like so much of life beyond music. Right. It's like you like you got to put the time in and 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 maybe that's part of what we're doing now, too, when we're like talking about like, you know, putting the time and the discipline to like to take yourself to a place of a musical memory or something like that. You actually have to like do work. You know, I don't want, I don't want to call it work, but you have to like put energy into that, like put energy into something that you want and move towards that and do it with intention and, you know, somewhat, I, I don't always like the word diligent, but there's some something to that there, you know, like some diligence of like staying present with it. But then when it is time to be, when it's time to surrender, you have to surrender. I've seen, I've, I've been around, how do I say, like musicians in my musical life. I've definitely experienced musicians that I feel like are really good at one of those things and not the other sometimes, like people who are like so good about preparing, but then they get on stage and you can tell they, they haven't surrendered. And like, as things are changing, they're like getting weirded out. You know? <laughs> and then likewise, I know other musicians who, I, I suppose if I had to pick one, I'd rather be the other. If you're going to be on one side only, I think the, the surrendered musician might be a little better, but still, if you're all surrendered, you're probably, that, those are the dudes who show up on the gig and they never bothered to like learn the tune or this or that you know but you know they, they're in surrender mode so they'll probably find some beautiful things anyhow if they're a good musician but but to me it's like the balance of that is what it's all about my astrological sign is libra and so i feel like i that's that's actually of all of the ways to relate to it that's probably the most clear way i've related to it is through this sort of concept of like discipline and surrender and it's those two things to get flow. You can't like manufacture flow, but you can, those other two things are things you can do to set yourself up. Yeah. That it actually reminds me at um, the Roots Rock Revival Camp that O.T.L. Burbridge mm -hmm. does. He was doing a talk and mm -hmm. he was talking about this exact thing, this exact thing. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, you have to practice your scales for like 16,000 hours or like some really yeah. big number like <laughs> totally. every day you've yeah. got to practice your scales mm -hmm. every day like you have to mm -hmm. have that discipline and then you're able to like surrender because you're not thinking about what you're doing because you know yeah. it so well and then you're able to find that flow state that's totally it yeah it's like finding the flow state and and it really is equal parts of that. and then it, and it happens in two in many ways too like with a band where you may like know each other's playing so well there's a certain thing you can rely on but I, but i feel like it's all so for me like i have that with the band like alo you know where we've got you know songs we've been playing for 20 plus years you know and and this long history and it's totally exists there big time but then it also exists in other things i i'll do like for example like probably one of the more extreme ones would be like the surrealistic summer solstice show we do in golden gate park every year we have didn't get to this year but where it's like I've uh, been doing musical director job for that. And it's like 40, 45 musicians, it's, you know, four and a half hour show. And it's like, there's, it's still that same thing has to be there. So in that case, I spend like weeks basically doing discipline and like getting this to this person, and that to that person, making sure I've thought of that. And I'm like doing that right up to the moment. Like usually like the show's starting in five minutes. I'm usually still doing some sort of discipline thing, you know? And then as soon as for me, like I literally have, and I can think about this at those shows as I walk up the stairs 
you know, and, and those shows are so fun. They're like, there's like 15,000 people there out, you know, in the closed off streets in Golden Gate Park. And I, the, you cross the threshold from the stairs onto the stage. And that's when, like, for me, I just hit the surrender button. It's like, boom, done. I've set, I, at this point, uh, hopefully through my discipline, I've set myself up. My charts are sitting there. You know, that doesn't mean I just close my eyes and ignore everyone. It just means that, like, I've, I've done that part of the work. And now it's time to just, like, be here. I have all these sort of tools at my disposal. If one of them breaks, cool. I'm, I'm not going to worry. I'm surrendering. Like then it was, that's what was supposed to happen, you know, but it's great. I found that that's been like such a great, like positive sort of approach to life and especially music for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love to your story of that because the same thing kind of happened to me. I was at this music festival and I looked up and I see that shirt and actually it was you that was wearing it. Really? Are you serious? Oh, that's amazing. So I, that's so cool. It's like the experience <laughs> lives on. I was like, oh my God, that's so true. This is exactly yeah. how I feel. And, and uh, you know, there's so much I could say about that. I mean, I see that come through in your playing. I mean, I've seen you play so many times and the way that you can surrender and open up to that flow, like is what I think makes your, the experience of your music so powerful and I just enjoy experiencing so much. And I guess one question that I have for that, I love too how you described like your process of kind of hitting that surrender button because that is not an easy thing for people mm -hmm. to be able to do. I mean, usually people, just like you said, either fall on one side or the other. They're like really good at discipline or they're really good at surrender. But to have both of those in balance is not something that happens very often. So, are there like practices that you do in your life that helps you to access that surrender place? Or is there a certain time where you were like, okay, I know that this is important and this is how I'm going to bring myself to it. Like, did you have a process around it or did it just kind of happen? That's a really interesting question because <laughs> you got me like thinking, I'm like thinking through my life, you know, like I don't totally know, but I do definitely, I definitely like I'm, I'm conscious. I'm very conscious of it. You know, I'm conscious of it. Like I'm conscious of, that the discipline is the discipline part. And I will say for me with, especially music, like I really enjoy that discipline. So it's not like, Oh, I've got to do the discipline part because if I don't, something bad's going to happen. Like I, I really enjoy it. I can play four notes for like an hour and touch a, a little firmer and a little softer. And just like, it's just a really great, enjoyable place for me. <laughs> so, so, so that, so that's one part that I should acknowledge too, you know, like I like, I like that. So, so it's not like I'm doing, cause discipline can sometimes sound like a, like, a oh, chore. I, yeah, chore. It's not a chore, mm -hmm. right? Discipline. And ch that's great. A great word to bring up. Cause in my mind, they're like opposite things for me, as far as music goes. For me, the chore in music, I don't know if there is a chore in music. It would, if it had to be anything, it would be the taking down my gear at the end of the night. Cause I actually don't even really mind setting up. There's a certain like centering that that does for me too. Like I love having my hands on my gear. Sometimes at the end of the night, if I got to like pack my stuff up, if I'm not on a tour that has a crew, you know, if I'm on like more of like some kind of more side gig, like that's, well, that's that when might you're be out the in the crowd part. talking to the audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. But, 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 but so, but I, so, so I like working out, first of all, 
And, and then the surrender part, I really love that too. Like I, so I really love both these things and I do, I'm conscious about it. You know, like some, like I said, when I'm hitting that threshold, especially if it's a type of situation where something where I did have to do a lot of preparation for it, I, I do in my head say, okay, now it's time to surrender. But it's an easy thing for me to tell myself, I don't have to like work at that. Like, um, and I think part of that might just be like the improvisation practice that I've been when I say practice, I mean like practice like the way a doctor practices, like the the act, action of having been improvising since my very first gig, which was in seventh grade. It, one of the tunes, it was a Rolling, a Rolling Stones song, Get Off My Cloud. And I, I decided I would do an improvised solo in it, <laughs> you know, like whereas the other couple songs I played like the riff from the album. So I've I've always been drawn to that. And I, I was... A while back, I was thinking about this. There was I was having this parallel thought. Like, um, I grew up in the South Bay, you know, uh, and kind of inland from Santa Cruz in those hills there, you know, Cerro Los Gatos area. And we used to just head off into the creeks, you know. That would be like the kind of thing we would do, you know, after school or on a weekend and just run around. And and I have these memories of running downhill of the creeks, you know, like running down and just jumping from rock to rock. And and being aware back then, this would have been like, I would have just have been started doing music at this point. I certainly wasn't like deep into all like improvisational concepts or anything. I like to jam and improvise. But but this, this I remember this idea, like I felt like I could just run and jump from rock to rock the whole way down. Kind of like if I was in a flow with it, I could just do it. And it wasn't, it's the kind of thing if I stopped and was like, oh, I got to jump to never be able to do it. I would miss, I'd fall in the creek. But there's some about just being in the flow and just, you know, my eyes are just the right amount ahead of where I am and my my speed with my body weight, everything's just matched to like be moving and kind of hopping from place to place. And I totally feel that when I'm in a good improvisational music space. It's the exact same thing. Like it really is the same headspace to me, like where you're just going and you're not reflecting. Like there's no chance to reflect. There's no chance to plan. There's, there's none of those things. It's just like being there. It's being a little bit ahead, ahead, you know, like, but I hate to say ahead because you're, you're, you're just right there. But some part of your brain is like just ahead enough to be able to like, get to the next thing. I, again, this is hard for me to describe, but that's like the real surrender state. That's like real improvisation surrender state. Now, backing up if we're talking about something like that surrealistic summer solstice i can't necessarily be that surrendered you know that's almost like eyes closed playing you know but but it's still surrendered the the part that's surrender still is that the idea of like you're just in the moment and whatever's coming at you you know how to deal it it's almost like in those matrix movies when someone fires a gun and they're everything's moving so slow that they oh there's a bullet coming i'll just dodge it it's kind of like that when you're like really in the, in the flow, you know, like you're just, it's like time ceases. And you're not thinking. Even though it's your head, Like you, you yeah. said your head a couple of times, but I was like, your, your head is there obviously, but it's like almost silent. So you're embodied and just yeah. going from instinct instead of thinking about like my next, like, how am I going to get to that next rock? How am I going to get to that yeah. next note? Like you're just going there. Yeah. You're just doing it. Yeah. You're just in, you're just in it. And that's and that's the other thing with music is that music is someone once asked, oh, how do you define improvisation? Right. Like what's improvisation for music? This is like in mu what's musical improvisation. And 
I loved this definition. It was it's spontaneous composition in real time. And the in real time is really important because in real time it means that's like the tempo started, you're going, you're not you're not and as opposed to composition or like songwriting where it's like it's composition and it's actually of course is spontaneous because any idea is a spontaneous idea, but if you take it out of real time then you can sit and stop mess with it but yeah it's it's there in a, it's weird in a way it's like the opposite it's the opposite of me sitting there with four notes and messing around with the super super subtles that's so not in real time i mean i'm when i'm playing them i'm in real time but it like the the sort of way i'm examining it is not in real time at all it's like it's like the opposite of that but then when we go to do it we're just in real time we surrender and we go and and hopefully like you're inspired and the and that's taking you to an inspired place, you know, almost like the, the serpent chasing its tail. <laughs> yeah. And it, it does make sense. And this actually kind of relates to what we were talking about too, with like muscle memory, because with all of that practice that is put in like that discipline of playing mm-hmm. those four notes, like, and all of the subtleties of that, like you, whether you're conscious or not of it, you have access to all of that. Yeah. And so there's like this full range that you have access to. And when you're in the moment and not being guided by your head, which can totally mess us all up because Mm -hmm. we start thinking about how we want it to be or how it should be or, you know, all of that. But like to be guided by just that feeling in the moment, Mm -hmm. it's a really special experience. And as audience member of that, like it. I just want to say it's really a special experience for all of us too. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You know, and it's, it's like, I know we, I, I feel like I remember bringing this up on, on when we were talking with Reed that time, but I just read this thing at that time. And, and so this was a few months ago, but again, this totally relates like the, that there's this neuroscience scientist in at UCSF who's done all this like study on improvisers. And uh, it's so cool. His stuff, like, like how he discovered that like when, you know, basically put musicians in a CT scanner and had them play something like play a melody, you know, to a song and then improvise. And, and, and he's like watching the brain activity and what, uh, for obviously, as you would guess, it switches like where the brain activity is happening. But the thing that sort of stuck out to me the most was that when the, when we go to improvise, not only is another part, other parts of the brain lighting up, but, there, it's actually suppressing blood flow to the part that is involved with like self, how do you say, like self-judgment, yeah. that it actually suppresses that. And that is so huge about it. Like you could never do anything like, you could never convincingly improvise music if you're like judging it, you know, like that's that's what you do in your room when you're alone, you know. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. It's something default mode, like the network default mode or neuro uh-huh. default mode. I want a remote control for my head. So when I'm like <laughs> stuck yeah, in judgment, right? I can be like default mode <laughs> or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah, off. Turn it off. Yeah, that's really interesting, right? Because like I was thinking about that too when I was hearing about that. It's like, yeah, we, we want these things on demand. And maybe that's like where the, you know, again, in quotes, the practice comes from. It's like like spending time working that like makes it more accessible I, I bet we all like find that and i've definitely found that for improvising it's like it's sort of antithetical you think oh you practice to improvise of course <laughs> you know, like, right. yeah of course like yeah i practice so that i can not practice when i'm, when I'm you know improvising 
And it and it's blurry lines too. I should say that too. It's not like black and white at all. There's like a million shades of gray in between, right? Like like when I'm when I say I'm practicing here a lot, I'm definitely not like there's a lot of like there's a lot of the surrender elements tucked there's little there's a lot of packets of surrender tucked into that discipline. Right? It's almost like you have the surface levels, this like black and white thing. But then within those there's there's all these little micro realms, you know. Yeah. Well it's important to have both. So I'm glad you're getting that. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. I'm yeah, this I mean, I don't know if you've I, I assume that's probably something you've been discussing with people too on this on this podcast is just like like yeah where are you at now because it's been so disruptive for all of us you know this whole thing and all these switches has been like so disruptive like but uh but you know disruption is is how we like find things we wouldn't otherwise find too so yeah thankful to be healthy and you know have health around me so (laughs) so i'm able able to i guess you know find some of those things well where are you at now and uh i have a question too for Maybe people who might be wondering if there will ever be like a solo Lebo album that might be coming out. Yeah, that's actually one of the things I've been working with at this time. You know, it's 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 an interesting time because I I love so much like playing with other musicians and kind of how we were talking about a minute ago. So much of it's more solitary right now. I've been doing more studio stuff than ever, partially because I think it's twofold. One, because I'm not doing gigs, right? There's like time for me to do it. And then this the second part of that is that so many other musicians are in that same boat. So everyone's like working on like recording. So it's been great. I've been doing a lot of recording for other people and a lot been working a lot actually on my own stuff too, as well as ALO stuff, which is, you know, with ALO, I have sort of, how do you say, ownership's not the right word. It's like four-way ownership, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that is... That is something where I'm not just necessarily like doing, obviously, you know, we're like doing that collectively. But then the flip side of just working on your totally own solo stuff, it's really fun. And this has really been an amazing time to do that. So, yes, the answer is yes. Do I have a date for you? No. (laughs) We'll be looking forward to whenever that drops. I think that's the right lingo, right? Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's been I've been really enjoying that part of this time. Like I said, just kind of like getting lost in the sort of studio element of things. It's great. It's really, uh, you can put a lot of intention into it, but I think it's also, again, going back to that whole, like kind of discipline surrender thing. You, you, it's an easy state to be too disciplined into, like you really got to get comfortable. Like the, the one thing that I find is easy about live is that like you're live in front of an audience. So it's sort of like, it's a different environment. Whereas studio can be, it's, it's, it's another thing to be able to pull those two sort of mindsets in the same space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. it reminds me like in the beginning of quarantine, how you had everybody send in pictures and you yeah. put everybody's pictures around. They're still up. The pictures are still up. If I could turn my computer screen right now since we're on a zoom together i would show everyone but um yeah it's great that's actually been really nice for me because i still see everybody's smiling faces all the time <laughs> and you know for what's great with this what i should mention too with the solo stuff that's been cool i actually like went into a studio with with uh jay lane and garrett sayers just before the quarantine and laid down a bunch of tracks and then you know, Tour Day More kicked in and I got busy with that, 
this is all before the pandemic. So it's been really fun getting back into that stuff and working on it. So a bunch of stuff there. It's cool. I'm excited. I'm excited to get those songs out there. That's for sure. They've a lot of them have existed live, not but then there's a bunch that haven't ever existed live. So I'm excited to to share. Uh, before nice. we go, is there anything else that that you want to share with us, or any like little nuggets of wisdom? I mean, you've shared so much already, so there might not be <laughs> any more. But <laughs> well, I'll say in in ALO world, you know, since 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 this is airing at Tour Day More Time, we're we're coming into Tour Day More Time right now. We have some ALO plans, and maybe by the time I'm sure, actually, by the time everyone's hearing this, actually, they'll they'll already know what they are, but we do have some plans to collectively deliver some ALO to people. We're working on that right now. And it's really important to acknowledge that too, because Tour de Mar has been such a, a constant for so many years. And it's so weird this year to not, you know, not be able to do it. We made it pretty much through Tour de Mar last year, you know, like we still had our Pacific Northwest shows, which technically were part of Tour de Mar. That was kind of going to be the last shows of it of the of that tour proper um we had to cancel those but we made it all the way through the warfield which was so awesome and what a great like way to go out with that but so now we're coming to tour day more again and it's it's that's a little bit sad that we don't have these shows but i guess this kind of brings full circle to the beginning of this mm-hmm. podcast when you're talking about tour day more but we're we're closing in on it but i will say we're working on remote recordings with alo i was actually just working on an alo track earlier today which is cool. And uh, we're, we're exploring all sorts of ways that we can collectively play together, the four of us, and uh, have people be able to take that in, be it through a stream. We really want to find ways we can do it live. You know, we did that show at Terrapin mm-hmm. during the middle of the, of the pandemic when, you know, things were opening up a little. And I think that we're heading into a time, hopefully, where things can start to open up a little bit. And isn't again, it's not going to be like, you know, a or B kind of thing where it's like from completely closed down all the way up to suddenly everything's brand, you know, open up as much as it would ever be. But as we gradually do it, we want to be able to do that with ALO. So hopefully you're going to do some live shows and other things. I'm sure there'll be more things coming as Terrapin will hopefully get to open again. And I'm excited to, to play shows, you know, with people again. I'm excited to share the music we've been working on in the studio, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All the above. We're excited to receive that. So is there new yeah. are you guys working on new ALO stuff? Yeah, well? we totally are. We're working on ALO studio stuff right now. And that's kind of been for me. I've kinda of had a parallel with that and then and then projects I've been doing for other people and then solo stuff I've been working on. But most recently, like I said today, I was actually working on ALO stuff. I'm I'm excited to get that out there. Yeah. Fun. And I'm excited to play it live too, once we get that out there and get to play it live. Yeah. In true Tour de Amour fashion. Mm. Well, lots of exciting stuff coming yeah, up and happening. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's great talking to you guys and getting deep on music and yeah. musical plans and the musical past and the musical future and probably most importantly, the musical present. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In the Thank flow. You, I think all of our listeners are now in a flow state. <laughs> yeah that's where we should be that's where we want to be sometimes i think flow is synonymous with inspiration yeah and you know they often say that inspiration it's in spirit you know so there's yeah, that totally. transcendent state too that's like larger than any of us and beyond words yeah i mean that's that's what we're all trying to get to and and yeah like music what a what a great vessel to take us there absolutely and but is the vessel 
our our minds. <laughs> yeah. It's like which is the vessel? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. They work together. Yeah. And it involves other people. So we're inspired yeah. by each other and it's that's that's part of a huge part of the experience. Yeah, and you know, I will say just that one last thing that in keeping balance, like I've been totally like I said in enjoying elements of this time f- musically for me like to really dig in deep on some stuff and and I've I've definitely chosen to like embrace this time for what it has to offer but I'm super excited to get back to where we can all gather and like do that thing do that exchange of energy you know that we that we all love so much and it's coming right up I feel like it's right on the horizon yeah yeah we'll get inspirited <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> I like that inspirited are you inspirited today I've got my inspirited <laughs> outfits <laughs> yeah all planned out <laughs> awesome <laughs> love it Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Lebo. It's been so awesome. Thanks for spending some time with us and sharing the love and the flow state. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So great to talk to you guys. It's awesome. Yeah, right. We'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome back to the Groove Therapy Party. (laughs) That was such a lovely conversation. I just like so much wisdom. And I'm so inspired and excited to like go rock my flow state because of everything that he shared. Yeah, totally. And I love the inspiration was brought up too. That was actually, you know, everybody talks about like creating a word for the year and inspired is my word for this year. I love feeling that state of inspiration and I certainly feel like live music offers that. So I like that we talked about that too. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And there was so much that we kind of touched into. I mean, even opening it up with just the themes of like the relational aspect of live music and then also the experience of flow. Yeah. And I love like when he was talking about jumping on the rocks and and then also playing improvisational music. And, and I can relate to it as an acrobat and a dancer. Because when, like, I practiced so much and I would, like, I would know my dance by heart and I practiced all my crazy flips and I could, like, do them in my sleep. But when I got on stage to do a performance at a competition or just a performance, like, I would have to surrender it all so I could find the flow state. And sometimes I was able to do it and sometimes I wasn't. But when I was, like, I had the performances of my life. That's when I won the competition and had, like, highest score out of everybody. It was when I was able to find that flow state. and. And it was like that discipline part is just as important as the surrendering part. And some people find the discipline part super easy and some people find the surrendering part really easy. So it's like it might not completely be like flow state might not be natural to you, but Mm -hmm. it's achievable. Like for kids, I mean, kids are like always kind of in a flow state, but then we learn stuff as we (laughs) as we get older or whatever happens to us and we kind of lose that that flow state but it is something that like everyone who's listening out there this is something that's like achievable for you it just might take some practice and that's okay it might take some time but you got it yeah yeah well let's get into a little bit about of the science of this for the did you know so you know, flow, as I just mentioned, is a word that is talked about a lot, especially in the literature within positive psychology. And it's said that when people are in a state of flow, they experience a sense of union and harmony with their surroundings. 
They feel competent and in control. They forget about their personal problems and they lose their ordinary sense of time, which I think that we could probably all reflect might be our own experience in when we're seeing live music. And so some of the reasons that that might be happening, Lebo mentioned a professor at UCSF and his name is Charles Lim. And he's also actually a, an ear surgeon, which I think is really interesting. So he went into medicine and does surgery on ears, but he's also really interested on research and music and specifically improvisation. And so he has done research on musicians, jazz musicians, and what he found in one study, he put them through an fMRI, which allows him to be able to see kind of where the blood flow is going within the brain. And so what he found was that these jazz musicians that were actually playing music while they were in the fMRI, they're like laying down, playing the piano above them, was that once they got into the place of improvisation, their prefrontal cortex was suppressed. So the activity in the prefrontal cortex, which is like the front part of our brain, it's really what makes us human, was suppressed. And what happens in that area is that's where our self-monitoring and like our filtering behavior comes from. So when that wasn't turned on, they were actually, they were less inhibited and were able to have more access to intuition because their brain wasn't saying, oh, don't do that because you might be seen as this or whatever. It's like that part was turned off. So then they had more access to their creativity and to their intuition. Charles Lim was saying that that takes practice too, which I think points back to this whole discipline thing, because he was saying that musicians don't have access to that when they first start playing. They actually need to be more expert musicians to be able to slip into that state of what we could call flow or what he is calling improvisation. And so I think that's really interesting. I also just wanted to mention, because I said this in the podcast, and I was talking about the default mode network, which is also found in the prefrontal cortex. And there has been a lot of research around that, which is kind of uh, what you could consider like a resting state of mind. It's kind of like the thoughts that are in our head when we're just kind of like at rest. <laughs> and so sometimes those thoughts can be really negative. Sometimes they can be really harsh and critical. It's not often that without work, those thoughts are like nice and kind and compassionate. Certainly we can work on that. And that's something that we do in the Shine Collective. But, but most of the time without work on that, we are judgmental on ourselves or like we're ruminating on things that we did wrong in the past. And so research has found that things like meditation or exercise or even being out in nature quiets that part of our brain and and that of course allows for more peace and i think that that is probably also happening during the live music experience too yeah i think that is 100% happening during the live music experience at least it feels that way to me um, and so i'm going to share one of the ways to trigger yourself into a flow state there are many this is just one and this is for my segment Daily Jam. 
So one way that you can trigger yourself into a flow state is to eliminate all external distractions. And this can be really hard. I am a very easily distracted human being. And so this is something I have to work at really, really hard. And so my challenge for you is to set an alarm for 10 minutes and to do some sort of activity. It can be writing, it could be playing music, you could be listening to music, um, meditating, whatever activity you choose, but you're going to commit to doing it, you're going to set an alarm 10 minutes with no distractions. So you may have to, if you have like children running around, like, I mean, don't leave your children unattended. (laughs) But if it's possible, if someone else is watching, you may have to like do this in your bathroom or somewhere, just set yourself up for success and whatever that looks like in your current circumstances, to be able to have 10 minutes of uninterrupted time with no external distractions. So if you bring your phone with you as a timer, turn it on silent, maybe put it on airplane mode, turn it upside down so you don't even look at it, really just take away anything that can distract you. And and know that this is a practice and that if you, I mean, ideally do this every day, because then you will have 365 days of doing 10 minutes of things without any distractions, and you'll much easier be able to get into a flow state. But even if you do it once a week, that's great. I don't know how many weeks are in a year, but that's a bunch of time that you normally wouldn't have 52. done it. 52. <laughs> 52. I should know this. <laughs> I know there's, what is the song by Rent? 500. 65,600 minutes. I don't think that's right, but I know how many minutes. I almost know how many minutes there are in a year. (laughs) Anyway, you'll be using some of those, eliminating all of your external distractions so you can get into a flow state. And that is my segment. Awesome. Yay. And that, yes. And notice like how it might, yeah, open up those like, means of creativity or the ability to be improv in your life, like just see how it might spill over to other aspects of your life, because I bet that it will. And it's 525,600 minutes. And I can't believe that I couldn't get that right away because I've listened to that song probably 1 million times in my life. (laughs) And so we'll be using those minutes to get into a flow state because that is when you are in a happy state. Yeah, I had no idea how many minutes are in a year. <laughs> now you know. I see. I, I taught you something. Yeah, I won't remember it. <laughs> you'll have to. You'll have to teach me again. Yeah, I'll play you the song. It's from the Broadway musical Rent. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, we would love to hear from you in our Facebook group. It is called the Groove Therapy Podcast Community, and I would love to find out or what you did during those ten minutes of time with no external distractions or how that was for you or like is it hard and do you need support around that like reach out and and let me know and also Leah I don't know if you have any questions for them or something that you would like them to share in the group yeah I just want to hear what you're you're practicing and where you might find flow in your life lives I think that's really important to just here and to support each other in that because it is just such an incredible experience. And I am, yeah, just really curious about how experiencing a musician in a state of flow, how that translates into the listener's experience. And I I just think, you know, it was funny because he was talking about the twitch of the mouth or like the the eye or whatever. And (laughs) 
my whole body is moving very largely. There's not like any subtlety to it. It's like my arm is going and my hips are going and all of that. And and I absolutely feel like it is a flow state because my body is moving without me even thinking about it and is just responding to the music's the music that is happening. And especially if I'm listening to a band that's in a state of flow and I don't know their music, I love it because I'm like taken on this ride that I like when I stop to reflect on it. I'm like, wow, my body's totally responding. I don't even know what's coming next, but my body does. My brain doesn't. And so I just think that that's so interesting and it's so healing and so therapeutic and definitely one of my favorite aspects of live music. Yeah, me too. I mean, without a doubt, it gets me into the flow state. So I'm super interested in the research, but I already know what the research is going to say, but it's research is like so important because for the people that kind of question why like live music is so important to you. You're like, look, here's a reason this gets me into a flow state like nothing else. And this is why this is why it's important that I spend all my time and money experiencing it. Yes. So that we can, you know, help help those musicians out there, especially right now to find support, you know, until they can start playing again and know that it's such an important lifestyle medicine practice and medicine for the people and and therapeutic activity yeah there are medicine our medicine men and women and humans out there healing us so is there anything else you'd like to share before we send our audience free out into the world to have fun with no external distractions (laughs) (laughs) yeah try this right now your daily jam as soon as you finish listening i think just that we're a part of the osiris podcast network and to check out the other podcasts on Osiris Pod. You can find them at OsirisPod.com and definitely follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of the places that you get your podcasts now. I think there's so many different platforms. I don't even know all of them. Yeah, we're everywhere. Yeah. So subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Pod. And actually next episode, we've we've gotten a couple of new reviews, so we're going to read them (gasps) next episode. So if you send one in before then, then we'll read yours too. Yeah, you'll be super famous because we'll have read your review. You can put it on your resume. (laughs) And we'd also love it if you followed us on Instagram too. It's Group Therapy Podcast. Yeah, we would just love that. We would. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Thank you. We love you so much. Thank you for listening and being part of our community. It, It means so much to us. It does. Love you. Love you. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.